Come on up, Inch. Come on up. Let's give her a hand as she makes her way up here. <laughs> Some people would feel embarrassed by that. She doesn't. Okay. She doesn't. She actually might enjoy. Listen, we are so excited. I'm going to get uh, Harry, a few guys, uh, Sean, help him out. We're about to pass out the manuals that we're going to be going through over these next few weeks. Uh, what we're going to do is give one per family. If you don't have a pen, we have plenty of them in the back back here on the tables. But we're giving these books out one per family, okay, in the room. And so uh, I've, I've got enough I know for each family in here. I don't have enough in this room for every individual. But what we're going to do is when we do our, our survey, our inventory in the back, we'll have one for everybody on those tables back there because we've made copies. So make sure you got your uh, pen or pencil out and get ready to do some writing because uh, we're about to set part on a journey for these next few weeks. It's going to be exciting. Now, I know Labor Day weekend's next Sunday. I do know that. And I know some of you are going to be traveling or be out. Uh, but listen, it'll be online. Uh, we'll definitely still, the teaching will be there. And so you can do your fill in the blanks. There's some people uh, that... You know, you definitely want to have the fill in the blank. You definitely want to be able to do that. And so how are we doing? We're getting close? We haven't just enough. Wow. All right. Good deal. All righty. Well, the Lord provided. The Lord has provided. And so uh, we will take off on this journey. So what I want you to do is go ahead and take, open your book. This is Understand the Love of Your Life material. And go ahead and turn over to page four. Page four in your book, okay? Now, for those of you that are going, man, I can't see that book. Uh, your, your spouse or, or friend is holding it. We're going to have everything up here uh, on the screen. So all the fill-ins, everything's going to be up here. So it'll be a matter of you just writing in the answers when we get to that time, okay? All right. Angie and I have been married for, use a microphone, I know how long we've been married. I know. I know the day and I know the year. You tell me. 32 years. That's right. Now, you're going to have to hold the mic up, okay? July 28th, 1985. I told you guys last week I had my dog and my truck and my wife in the same year. All right? And in that order. It was in that order, to be exact. But I saved the best for last. I really did. That's the point. That's one point. That's all that matters is one point. Taking your wife to Hawaii is one point, okay? You might think that's a bigger point, but it's just one point, all right? So that's some teaching right there. But we've been married 32 years, four kids, and two grandkids, two grandsons that we think the most wonderful thing in the world. All your grandparents know what we're talking about. And so we're just excited uh, to be doing this. We, we have taught this a number of times at places all over the country. But we, we decided we've never done it here at Gratis. And so we would like to do this for you as a gift to you and as our, our love for you as a church, okay? And for yourself and for your potential mate if you don't already have one. All right, so here's our first point that we're going to jump on right here. God's plan for marriage is for you and your mate to experience marital oneness. Marital oneness. That's what God's looking for. We have a scripture here that's on this side. 
on the screen, and it says, Jesus answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Continue. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And we talked last week about the covenant of marriage, and as opposed to it to being a contract. But what God desires for our marriage, and for all marriages, is for there to be a oneness to it. Now, let me give you an illustration. Have you, have, do you know some couples that when you mention one of their names, that the other one automatically kind of goes with it? You know, you know some like that, some couples when you think of them? You know, I, that's the goal that all couples would reach that point. Like when people talk about us, they'll say, well, Mike and Angie. And, it, and, and they just put it, I mean, we, say we're, we don't say we're going over to Caleb's. We don't say we're going over to Anna's. We say we're going over to Caleb and Anna's. And I don't know if, why we do that, <laughs> but I know that it's built within us a oneness that when we say that. Now, we all need to individuate, all right? Individuating is, is necessary, but the scripture says, this is who I've become one with. Like it or not, warts and all. This is who I've become one with. All right. And I, I think I, I was a frog she was hoping to kiss that would turn into a prince along that journey. But oneness is essential. All right, sweetie. Okay. Um, Next point. All right. So achieving marital oneness involves more than just saying I do. At the wedding ceremony, because marriage relationships are not static, they are dynamic. So I'm just going to talk about these two words. The word static means never changes. So when I think about that, there are a couple of things I think about. I think about a pool of water. Water comes in, but it never leaves. And it stays there. And it gets it's, it's static. So it never changes. And then there's the other thing I think about with water that you've seen running over rocks when you go to the mountains and it's constantly changing. It never hits the same rocks. It never hits the same place. It's always changing. That's the way our marriage should be. It shouldn't stay the same all the time because in marriage you go and through life, just in journeying through life, you go through all different phases of life and all those phases are different. So you should be changing all the time. Um, dynamic is what that means. That means to change. So that's the way our marriages should be. And I thought about this this morning. The Lord reminded me of when I grew up, there was, um, there was a child. And, um, you know, you want your children to grow. And, um, and I remember being in a phase in my life when Caleb was a senior in high school. And I was like, oh, just freeze. Time freeze. Don't go any further. Because everybody was like high school, middle school, elementary school, and you didn't want them to change. But then I thought about, I thought, you know, no, that wouldn't be right. We want our children to change. We want them to grow. We want them to, to grow into adults. And we want them to get through middle school. Amen. 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 Don't kill middle schoolers because they will and give you grandchildren school. one day. And they Lord, give you grandchildren. Want them to graduate college. That's right. That's right. Or work a job, you know, you do a trade. Move out the house. 
move out of the house. Yeah, we're still in that stage where some are still kind of lingering around. They come back and they leave. They come back. That's okay. We're good with that. We're good with that. But we want them to change. We want them to grow. And that's the way it is in your marriage. You want your marriage to grow through those years of all the different things that you go through in life. Um, there's this great, great man of God named Dr. Howard Hendricks, and he always has these great nuggets, and this is something he wrote in this book. He said, your marriage is either developing or deteriorating. So it's either, if it's staying static, and you think, well, everything's okay, we're not really moving ahead, we're not really going behind, you're not. You're either moving forward, or you're either moving behind, one or the other. He said, um, there's no such thing as treading water in marriage. Next, point three here in the introduction is to move forward, the goal of experiencing marital oneness, you first need to commit to understanding your mate. That's your key feeling, understanding. When I got married, I told you, uh, early on, those first, first few years, I didn't have a clue. I did not have a clue. I was just like what the rabbi spoke about. I was married, but I was still very selfish in my love. I had that fish love. You know, I was still hunting, fishing, doing all that stuff, and she was at the house preparing the meals, cooking, doing all the wife things, good wife things, and I was doing all my things. Men can do good cooking, too. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I, I can grill every once in a while. I can grill. But that, that is what, and the Bible gives us a scripture here, 1 Peter 3, 7, that says, You husbands, likewise, live with your wives in an understanding way. There's been a, several occasions that Angie will look at me and she'll say, remember, you need to live with me in an understanding way. And I'm, I go, you're right, sweetie. That's, she quotes the word. How do you argue with the word now when your wife begins to quote the word to you? You just go, yes, ma'am, you're right. You're spot on. And that's what the scripture teaches us, guys, is that that's our role, is that we need to know how she is wired and what makes her tick and what ticks her off and some of y'all already know that to some degree, but we're going to find out at a deeper level as we go through this, okay? Come on over to point four. It says, uh, but the challenge to understanding your mate is that, and here's the key, 